Greetings and welcome to Everyday America, where you'll hear the American story one person at a time. I'm Gregory King, your host, and my goal is to inform, entertain, and inspire by sharing the stories of everyday Americans with you. In fact, each of you are potential guests. More on that later. Everyday America is offered free to all that would like to listen in, but if you'd like to support me, go to my Patreon page and check out my goals and rewards. That's patreon.com slash everydayamerica. And special thanks to my music director, Steve Hall, who writes and performs all my music. He's a great studio musician, teaches guitar virtually all across the country, and can be reached at stevehallmusic at outlook.com. Today, we're going to hear a story from what I call the waterway interviews. A few years ago, I went on a documentary expedition in a small boat from Norfolk to Boston, up the intercoastal waterway. The goal was to search for the American spirit. Each day we'd end up in a new port, and each day we'd find someone to interview. The footage from the trip had a short life as a pilot for a TV show that Discovery almost wanted, but on which they ultimately passed. Yeah, such is television. But their loss is our gain, because I have these interviews that we obtained from a very unique cross-section of Americans. There are about 10 in all, and I will occasionally pull one out and, and share it with you. Today, we're going to hear from Jake and his dad, Dave. As we were in Norfolk preparing to depart, we stayed with a man and his three kids, two sons and a young daughter. Jake was the oldest. As we got to know them in the days before our departure, we learned that Jake had had a major battle with cancer and was that very week getting his last radiation treatments. They were a very down-to-earth family. We were intrigued by this this thing they had gone through together. So we had a chance to sit down with Dave and Jake and hear the story of the diagnosis, the battle, and ultimate victory over the cancer that Jake had contracted. We start out with Jake, at this time 18 years old. I first asked him a little bit about himself. Um, my name is Jake. I'm a mechanic. I ride dirt bikes for fun. I played football for seven years. I played every sport, every fun thing I could think of, skateboarding, BMX. I loved being outside, don't really like being inside too much, and that's about it. Yeah. So tell me about that day you found out you were sick. Uh, we had gone to the doctors before. I didn't know what was going on. I was exhausted constantly and having trouble sleeping, night sweats to the point where I would be drenched. Thought I like, jumped in a swimming pool while sleeping, thought I was sleepwalking. Then they had told me I had pneumonia, and I was sick, I was coughing up blood, and went in for a follow-up, and they did another chest, chest x-ray, and told me that I needed to go to the hospital, and I needed to get a CAT scan, and went and got a CAT scan, and the doctor came in and told me that I had lymphoma, or they thought that they seen lymphoma. It made perfect sense. I was like, this is why I've been sweating so much when I'm sleeping, this is why I've been so tired. This is why I've been having trouble breathing when I work out and being getting lightheaded. And so I think the week after that, we went and got a biopsy and they told me that I had lymphoma. And I think three days after that, I already had a metaport in. And a couple weeks after that, I was starting chemo. So how did your life change that day? I didn't know what was going to come after that, so I didn't know what to expect. Felt like I might have a life expect expectancy. I might. I, I had no idea, no idea what to think after that day. Were you scared? Yeah, I was scared, but 
Who I, get you through that? My dad. He was the only one that really stayed there through the entire thing. The only person that I could count on to be there for me. Everyone else was kind of there, kind of not there. Some people would leave, it was just too much. There's a lot to go through and he was the only one that was there for me. In his description of the process, you can tell he's young. He stuck to the facts with little emotion, just what you'd expect from a stoic 18-year-old. What comes through is that his dad was his rock. Now we'll come back to Jake in a minute, but let's go to his father, Dave. Dave tells the same story, but from the perspective of a parent, you'll hear the difference. What was that day like when you found out Jake was sick? It was a tough day. Uh, Jake had, had uh, gotten a cold from his uh, brother and went from his brother to his sister and then Jake got it. And while they got healthy, his just got worse and worse and worse. So we went to a patient first to get him checked out and they gave him, you know, walking pneumonia kid, that's what you got, that's what you got. And then right away after that, then they gave us a call back and said, you know what, we just don't like what we said. You gotta come back here and get checked out again. And then they asked us to go down to Chesapeake General on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening actually, and get checked out. And uh, the uh, doctor on, on staff was really a wonderful person. Um, but she came in and she goes, you know, I could, I could tell you something else, but I'm just gonna tell you the truth. He's, he's gonna have cancer, that's that. And uh, we have an on-call oncologist, and we're giving him a call right now. And uh, he's, he, actually, he'll be checking in tonight. He's like, wow, that's a little bit fast. I already have a friend that's an oncologist. Can we wait till tomorrow, and I'll call my friend Dr. Franzman and see what we can do with that. And they're like, well, we think we want to check him in tonight. That was a little, that was a little bit more news than we needed right then. She's like, no, let's, we'll go home. We'll check in. We'll, we'll be okay. So she, she relented. She was good. And then uh, because we had a relationship with Dr. Franzman from December 20th till January 10th, he was able to push through everything, including Christmas and New Year's in a major snowstorm here, two surgeries, three, two, three CAT scans, one PET scan, three or four x-rays, and we were able within 20 days to start chemotherapy. It was, uh, was the care and the effort that everybody put into it was awesome, just awesome. Jake and I got home probably 10 o'clock that Sunday night and we both talked, we said, hey Jake, where we are is where we are. There's nothing we can do about tonight. Everybody's gonna be freaked out. Let's try to get some rest and we'll deal with this tomorrow morning. He was good, I was good, we went to bed. And in the morning uh, before the kids went to school, um, actually, Jake stayed home because already Monday we had an appointment with Dr. Franzman and told his brother and sister, Casey and Jackson, that, hey, when you guys get home, we have a little family meeting tonight. We got a couple things we got to get addressed, get going in the right fashion. And so, you know, don't make any plans. We got to sit down tonight. And so they knew that that wasn't cool, but they're really good kids. So they knew that it was going to wait until then and there was no point in asking. So that night we all sat down in the sunroom. And uh, I said, hey guys, this is where we're at. Jake got diagnosed with cancer uh, last night. We went met with Dr. Franzman today. We've got a, a plan in effect. And uh, you know what? We're gonna have a tough couple months. But they're really, really good kids. And I said, hey guys, this is the deal. This isn't gonna be a pity party. 
okay? And nobody's going to be looking at their shoes, okay? What we did yesterday is what we're going to do tomorrow. Jake's going to go to school. Jake's going to keep his job, right? Where his chores are falling down, you guys are going to pick up. But there's going to be no moping around. We're going to stay positive about this. We're going to stay strong about this. And as we go through this process, there, all of us at different times are going to have bad days. So we're going to have to be there to pick each other up. But we can't all be down at the same time. So let's keep, let's keep our head on straight. And let's just get through this thing. And uh, they stepped up. And, and, and honestly, I think they've been absolutely wonderful through this process. They picked up the chores that Jake was going to do. And they pray about them every night. And it's um, the, the three of them, they might not see it. But from me looking at them, they've all gotten tremendously closer in their relationship through this process. Now we'll go back to Jake, where I asked him about those last five months. Sick to the point where I couldn't get out of bed for a week. Uh, no energy to do anything. Random mood swings, which I thought was weird. Be happy one second, then pissed off as could be the next minute. And that wasn't typical of you? No, not at all. I was always a happy person, but just randomly pissed off. I'm angry. I had nothing. Describe one of your darkest days. I would say we went in to get a CAT scan after I'd already finished chemo. And at that point, I've developed a weird reaction to saline solution every time they put it into my port. And it would just make me throw up. And I probably threw up over 20 times within two hours just trying to get a CAT scan. Just a normal CAT scan. Just couldn't do it. And it was to the point where after it, I'd thrown up so much that so I couldn't stop shaking. And I came home. Took a two-hour nap, even though I've been sleeping all day, just couldn't stay awake. My body was so exhausted from throwing up. At first, it was nothing. I was really resilient to the chemo and everything I had to go through. But after after a couple of treatments, it really came down on me. Getting sick, really sick. Lose weight, your hair. Lost 25 pounds, nearly all my hair. It's a lot. Tough. Yep. And what about your friends? Did they have trouble relating? Not really. My closest friends, they had uh, they had been through nearly the same with their mother, so they knew that I was exhausted half the time. They knew that I was sick half the time, so they knew how to react to it and knew what I needed and were there for me too. You can read a lot between the lines on how hard this was for him. He told me that he put on a happy face for his brother and sister so they wouldn't really know how hard it was for him. Then, as often happens with these kinds of situations, a community rallied, and the result was something called Team Jake. Team Jake, um, because of my relationship with Dr. Franzman, I knew the chemo nurses as well. So after we met with Dr. Franzman, the chemo nurses, they're kind of like buzzing around. They go, what's going on? What's going on? How are you? So... I took Jake after meeting Dr. Franzman. I went down to meet uh, uh, nurses Mary and Colleen. What's going on? And, you know, what's up with this? What's up with that? And what's everybody doing? I said, well, this is going to be Team Jake, okay, guys? And this is what we're going to do. And they said, Team Jake, we love that. So kind of took on a life of its own. My dad's friends and my dad decided that it would be funny to make a team and they all have their bracelets on. We have a picture of everyone that's involved, I guess. And 
but I made Versus SA member Team Jake to prove that you're a member of Team Jake. I honestly don't think it's that great. I think it's kind of weird. Well, it's my dad's thing. Well, people love you. So yeah. Uh, what did that kind of support do for you? It was really surprising. It was almost like Christmas every day. I'd be getting packages in the mail of cookies and random stuff. I got, I think, like six Nerf swords and a Nerf gun randomly came in the mail from one of my dad's friends. You know, from having family and, and friends and growing up on the, on the West Coast and then just the, uh, the fabric of the community here in Virginia, there's literally hundreds of people with Jake on their prayer list every single night through this process. And what a difference maker that was. That, that's a night and day difference maker. And so, you know, where it could have been this devastating thing, this horrible thing, this bad thing that we never recover from. And it was hard and it was tough, you know. But you know what? We, we've had bad moments, but we've never had a bad day. And even in the, in the darkest moment, you know, going there and talk to Jake, how we doing, where we at, how you doing right now? Dad, man, I got this one. I'm, I'm gonna get this, Dad. I'm, I'm good, Dad. So, and he has just been, he's been wonderful, just wonderful. How's your life different now from, from before you found out you were sick? I have energy now for the first time in probably three years. Energy I've never had. Able to do so much more. It's amazing how much of a difference it's made. I'm happy I'm over it. I moving on to other things, having fun, enjoying life, looking at it completely different now. And are you a religious person? Yeah, I'm very religious. So did your faith sustain you through any of this? Yeah, I prayed nearly every night while I was going through the hard parts, and it really helped me. And what, what's your future? In the next couple weeks, we'll be moving back to California. I'll be going to the community college there. And then after the community college, I'm trying to go to an automotive institute in Arizona. And eventually, I'd like to open up my own off-road custom shop, build trucks, make some make some money. What would be your advice to someone that may be facing a similar battle? Stay positive. Doctors know what they're doing. You can't do much about it yourself besides keep a positive attitude and a mental outlook is a huge part of it, part of making it out of it. So as long as you keep your head up and you'll be fine and keep hope. Jake came off very low-key about his experience, but we learned while there that that was typical of him. He didn't want others to worry, so he downplayed his battle. This story had a happy ending, and Jake was restored to his life. For many, this same scenario plays out and has a different conclusion. For me, that element of faith expressed by Jake can be very sustaining. I think that when we can look beyond ourselves and our situation, whether life or death, or even general daily struggles, and relying on our faith, appeal to God, our Heavenly Father, for comfort and healing, a portion of that burden can be taken from us. And if healing isn't part of His plan for us, then perhaps that faith will allow us to accept His will and His outcome, knowing that mortal life is not the end, only a proving ground. And that's part of my story. Thank you for hanging out with me on Everyday America, where we give random Americans the opportunity to share their stories with you. And remember, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. 
So share your stories and write them down for your friends and family and for posterity and make your story real. If you or someone you know is willing to share their story with us, send a note to everydayamericapodcast at gmail.com. Tell us why and give us a way to reach you. And finally, if you'd like to support us, go to my Patreon page and check out my goals and rewards. That's patreon.com slash everydayamerica. I'd love to have you become part of the show. See you next time.